Daily DVR is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com, the men's accessories marketplace. Cufflinks.com aims to drive men to one place where they can find all the accessories they could want to elevate their look each day. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. No minimum. 2020, baby. It's a new year, and every month, Cufflinks has new amazing products, whether it's Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Disney, all that great stuff, or the sports stuff, NCAA, NBA, NFL, or... Of course, the classic wearable art, the amazing high-quality Hook and Albert Oxen Bull, and of course, their own Cufflinks.com brand. We encourage you to elevate your look when you get dressed in the morning. It helps to make you feel more confident and create your individual style. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Happy New Year! Welcome back oh. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> you motherfucker. Welcome back to Curb Your Podcast. My name is Axel, and my co-host is Sean Flynn. Today we're going to be covering Curb Your Enthusiasm, Season 10, Episode 1, Happy New Year. This podcast is part of the DVR Podcast Network. We do a bunch of other podcasts, Mindhunter, Veronica Mars, Winterfell, all that stuff. Go to DVRpodcast.com. Westworld, too. We're going to be doing Westworld. We'd love to hear from you. Oh, The Bachelor. We also cover The Bachelor. Email us at DVRpodcast at gmail.com. You can also join our Facebook group. As you can tell, Sean is on the other line. Sean, how you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. How, <laughs> how are you? It's great to have you back, pal. You know, our last Curb Your Podcast was December 9th, 2017, so it's been two years and a little over a month since wow. uh, since we did a podcast, and I'm sitting in the same room, but you're in a new room. You're no longer in the, uh, in the family living room. You've, uh, <laughs> you've gotten the internet. Your mommy uh, gave you internet, and you're allowed, but no porno, no porno sites. Um, so, uh, we got a new format too, right? We're going to just, yeah. we're not going to, we're just going to go like half hour or so. We're not going to recap everything about the, cause you saw the show. I think we're just going to have, we're just going to talk more, have more fun and that's about it. But I want to give you an opportunity to say hello to everyone. Tell us what you've been up to and how you've been pal. Hi everyone. Uh, let's see. I've grown four inches and i've put on 10 pounds i'm a big boy now (laughs) i um i have internet for the first time in my apartment in 15 years i uh i have just been the cheapest bastard alive and just refused to pay for it and then finally i realized that i can use my cell phone as a hotspot and uh you know, being the cheap bastard that I am, I found a uh, a good deal on AT and T. I'm not getting paid for that endorsement, by the way, but uh, yeah, so it's nice. So I can do all sorts of stuff. Think I'm going to get a Fire Stick, and um, yeah, just been. Uh, you know, it's kind of weird. I haven't really been doing a lot of stand up, and I've just been doing a lot of um, 
doing a lot of like improv and acting stuff now. So I am looking to get back into stand up, but I've been taking like a long hiatus. Not as long as a hiatus of this show, but (laughs) (laughs) I've taken a hiatus. Yeah, it's been a while, man. Oh, you know, when you get internet, a whole new world opens up to you, Sean. You can masturbate privately. Um, Now now your apartment complex won't be getting uh, any more calls to the popo about Sean in the common room. Public um, masturbation. <laughs> yeah, that'll be on this this season of uh, of uh, Curb. I'm sure Larry will get a boner. Um, <laughs> but uh, this was a great episode, man. Let's kind of dive in. Let's see what happened. I'm going to give a quick a quick recap. We got Mocha Joe, Happy New Year, Wobbly Tables, Jostling Babies, Pigs in a Blanket, Big Goodbyes, Maga Hats. Jeff is Weinstein, and Larry had sex with Cheryl again, uh, which (laughs) was probably the only thing that kind of, I mean, there are some people that popped up, but uh, continuity-wise, one thing I did really like about this is they're not setting up, like, this isn't like a Seinfeld season so far, even though that came a little bit later. Um, I like that it's just kind of freewheeling. This episode was really funny. It was a little long. It was like 40 minutes long. Didn't feel long to me. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. And I like the way they worked the Happy New Year back in the end, and they didn't push it too hard. Yeah. Which I appreciate, because I think we were talking a little bit about that last season. Our kind of one critique was that they kind of were coming back to the jokes a little too hard. And I thought this episode was just freaking perfect. It starts out with the happy new year thing. So let me ask you three day limit. How long does it go? I have to say that is once again, I love fucking Larry because I hate this shit. People say happy new year until like June. I agree with the three day limit. I actually uh, agree and disagree. I don't think anyone should say happy new year to anyone. It's just such a weird thing to say. <laughs> Happy New Year. It's there's just, just nothing significant. It's just a new year. It's just a it's just a check in the box. I, so I, I, check I, that box, baby. Happy New Year. I think one day. I think one day. One day? I like you know one. what? I'm kind of you know, now I'm kind of agreeing with you. I was saying I mean I say this every year, and it's not just I'm just not being a party pooper. But technically, I mean, you know, it's so random, right? Like every day is the start of a new year. You know what I mean? Like it, that this concept, it's just like the concept of a decade when people say, hey, what was your favorite thing of the 2010s? And then you name something and they're like, oh, yeah, actually that happened in 2008. It's like, yeah. what does it matter? It's, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, it's so random. And I think also the Happy New Year thing is like a thing that people, you know, Larry just hates it when people say nonsense just because everyone else said it. And yeah. that's kind of what Happy New Year is. It's like it replaces a hello. It's, it's, a, it's a replacement salutation. And it doesn't mm. deserve as much uh, kind of uh, prominence as the general salutations. Hello, goodbye, take care, take it easy, be safe. Yeah. Right? I have a, um, or like, you know, I mean, I think people use it as a greeting too. And I'm terrible 
like there are people I work with that like, I just don't even like, I don't say good morning. I'm just like, yeah, I need you to do this. <laughs> this, guy, this, this guy was like, he was like, how about good morning? You know? And I was like, Oh yeah, I could do that. I guess. <laughs> if you prefer, I guess I could be a human. <laughs> if you're still going to do what I need you to do, then yes, exactly. I'll do it. Exactly. But that's the thing, right? Is that, it's like a con job. I think that's what bothers Larry about it, you know? Yeah. And that's what I can understand about it. Because it's like, look, you just want me to say that to make you feel good. You know me already. We arrive here at this same time every day, right? I Like, I can yeah. understand it's more uh, uh, like a salutation like that is better for a surprise encounter, then maybe yes. a happy new year or, oh, hey, you know, great to see you or something. But sometimes you don't necessarily need to say hello to someone, though I will admit that with uh, a seven-year-old kid, I still do constantly have to remind him I end up being that guy hmm. and being like, I say hello, say goodbye. Yeah. Thank you. Say thank you. Yep. Well, I I want to stick to the... January 1st is the only day you can say it. And I really feel like after midnight, when you say Happy New Year, I think after five minutes later, I mean, it really should die down quite a bit. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you on this one, man. Um, this goes throughout the episode. I like the uh, how they bring it back, like I said, at the end. Let's see some other things we had. Wobbly tables. Or do wobbly tables bother you, or are you one to just take a napkin, fold it over, put it under the table, and go on with your life? Oh, this is why I don't eat out. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can control your own table at home? Exactly. My table is sturdy. I, I just think it's just, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I guess uh, I'm trying to think of places like In-N-Out has wobbly tables. Starbucks king of wobbly tables i mean i i just don't like it yeah it is kind of like i think when you go somewhere and you eat out you just at least want to be comfortable well if food doesn't even have to be all that great that's true i and it rarely is you know food i i I have i i I don't go out too much either because i like preparing my own my own food but you know what the thing i want about this episode is i wish that they had taken a shot of the bottom of the table of the legs of it because i think that if you put pictures on the internet and had people choose I guarantee that at least 50% or more would choose the picture of that metal table that is kind of one whole crafted piece that has like the le- the four legs coming out mm-hmm. that is almost never um, even because the floor has to be perfectly even for it to work. It's not like um, – I doubt it was one of those tables with the little wheels that you can twist – you know no, what I'm it's talking like, about? It's the one – the table is the one with like it has one pole coming down and then four legs yes, coming out of the bottom. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Like it's all crafted that's what it together. Was. Yeah. 
But Mocha Joe was like, oh, we got wobbly floors. Nobody has wobbly floors. The floor is flat. (laughs) Nobody has wobbly floors. Yeah, but that's not true because if you have that cheap tile like they often do, and if you're in restaurants and water spills on the ground and it gets under the tile, then the tiles start getting wobbly and they can bubble too if 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 it's cheap. Yeah. You know? This, I, yeah. It does bother me, though. <laughs> I can see that. So another thing that bothered me that was brought up in this episode was sharing a bowl that a dog had previously used. Gross. Oh, man. Gross. I, got, I have to admit something to you, Sean. Oh, I have God, to. I don't. <laughs> I don't think I want to know. <laughs> I have to admit something. Um, Oh, God. Okay. So recently, as I just started, I was telling Sean, one of my dogs pissed on my couch. Uh, They're getting old. I love these dogs so much. And podcast listeners, you've heard them bark in the background. Normally, it's my dog, Katie. I have two dogs, Katie and Ellie. They're pit bull mixes. They're my babies. I kiss them. I hug them. They're part of our family. Ellie was like the kind of like you know my wife and i got the dog it was like before you have a kid you get a dog you know um which by the way those two things are not in any way comparable <laughs> so whenever somebody yeah. says that to me like we got a dog we're training for a kid i say yeah that's not really comparable but good luck with that <laughs> uh kids are totally different but they pissed on the couch uh they're pissing everywhere and they're getting old. And one of the things we've been trying to do lately, because they're getting old, and maybe to alleviate some of their pain, is give them better food. So we have been like giving them some hot food, right? And mixing it with their regular dog food, kind of maybe mixing in a little rice, little vegetables, human food. And yeah. in order to heat this up, I have to admit to you that I use the regular bowl that I eat out of Mm. and I mix their dog food in it, but they don't eat out of that bowl. Yeah. Then I take the food out and I put it in their dog bowl. So my question to you is, is this acceptable? Do you think that Larry would still eat out of that bowl? Well, that, that's just a bowl that included dog food. That's fine, but oh. not the dog. Not the dog. You know, you know, you know. It's you know, it's a total bunch of crap. Is when people say a dog's mouth is cleaner than a human's. No. That is such horseshit. That is not true. Well, you know this too because you're a medical person. I am, but no. I mean, that's that's not the same thing. You don't have to. That's that's. You're not divulging anything really serious there either. By the way. You're like, I got I to admit something to you. I thought it was going to get very dark there for a second. Well, I just, I just felt that it was kind of, you know, it kind of related because we had literally just started this like a week or two ago. And then yeah. when this episode came up, I felt kind I actually had a little bit of that like pang of guilt. Like usually I agree with Larry. Now I feel like if he came and visited, he'd be disgusted by this. I'll tell you something. Yeah. I think that he would point out the difference, like you said, but I still think he would say it's too close. Yeah, maybe. Because if it you smelled be. this dog food after I put it in a microwave, Sean, I think you would have a different opinion. 
Oh, really? So you think it smells good? Uh, no, it smells absolutely like somebody shit, vomited, left it outside for three <laughs> weeks, and then microwaved it. It's it's no wonder like dogs like just creep up to a table and beg for human food. Their food is just <laughs> disgusting. Oh my god, we domesticated these beautiful animals and then we feed them crap. Like wow. just oh, just the the dry food is the worst. I know. And then the wet food, uh, oh, I mean, we don't heat it up or anything. We just open up a can and we dump it in a bowl. Here you go. No, man. It takes away that whole – I'll tell you what. One of my dogs was – they were both rescued and one of them lived outside in the woods for a couple of weeks or what was it? I think like six weeks and one of them was born at someone's house but they gave him up. The one that lived outside still has like a real strong like stalk kill vibe. You know, like even in the way they eat. She will kind of like look at the food first, walk around it, sniff it, then she'll eat it. Whereas the dog that was born inside a house and never lived out in nature just goes right for the bowl and eats it. Yeah. Deep, man. Nature is deep. Taking a little break from this show to remind you again of our amazing presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. They've been with us for over a year. We're so proud to have them. So go out and support them. If you're a listener to any of our podcasts, take a moment right now, type in cufflinks.com slash DVR into that old web browser and you will arrive and you will be amazed, happy, surprised at the amazing products that cufflinks.com has. You might think to yourself, hey, I don't have an informal event coming up. You know, I'm not into cufflinks. But guess what? They have a lot more than that. Actually, I'm wearing a pair of Star Wars socks that they sent me. Cufflinks.com is where it's at. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. One of the best parts about podcasting is getting to know the listeners and making new friends. And one of those friends is Andy. You may have heard me mention him before on one of our many podcasts. And Andy and his wife, Claire, are looking to adopt So if you or anybody you know is considering adoption for their baby, please consider the loving family of Andrew and Claire. They're a home study approved adoptive family of three living on a farm in southern Minnesota with a dog, Barney, and two turtles. They're able to adopt from anywhere in the United States and would love to answer any questions you may have. To learn more about them, check out their Facebook page at Andrew and Claire Adopt or on Instagram at Andrew underscore and underscore Claire underscore adopt. You can also email them at Andrew and Claire Adopt at gmail.com. So again, if you or anyone you know is considering adoption for their baby, reach out at Andrew and Claire Adopt at gmail.com. Thanks. Mm. All right. What do we got up next? Jostling a baby. Sean, have you ever seen a pregnant woman doing something and you were like, she should not be doing that, but then you just knew, I'm a man, I should keep my mouth shut? Um, well, definitely smoking and drinking. I've seen that before. <laughs> You've I, seen a I, pregnant I, woman smoking and drinking? I am from the South. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I have seen that, which is kind of sad, but... Um, 
which I, I, you know, I thought about it after I saw the episode last night, and I was like, I don't even think there's a law against like smoking or drinking during pregnancy. You know what I mean? I mean, I know. I mean, I'm not saying that there should be, but I just started thinking about. It. I was like, wow, is that like if you saw like a like a, a very pregnant woman drinking like a bottle of Grey Goose? I mean, I mean, would you would you say something? No, never. Uh, no, I know better. I would never say anything. I would never say anything. But I have to admit that I was one of. I was very much like Larry. When my wife was pregnant, anytime yeah. she did anything, I was like, honey, do you want me to do that? Are you okay? Hey, are you okay? And I guess it's also because I, I was just relating it to my own experience, which is I am a complete baby when I'm sick or injured. I always think I'm dying. I always think I have cancer or the most horrific thing. Like if I get a pain, if I like my jaw, you know, sometimes your jaw just hurts a little bit. You're like, yeah, ah, I got a little thing in my jaw. Automatically, I'm like, I'm becoming Roger Ebert. They're taking the jaw off. <laughs> like it's good. I better yeah. go to the hospital immediately. Uh, so I am completely. What's that called? What's that? Uh, there, there's a there's a term for that. What what he was doing last night? No, no, a person who thinks that they're always sick. Oh, that's called a hypochondriac. Yes, that's what I am. Oh, well, the only thing I was going to say too about the, I'm, I'm sort of like that. Cause I work with majority of the people I work with are women in my profession. Um, so I'm working, I have a friend at work, she's pregnant right now. And, uh, the other day I was working with a patient and I was asking her for help. And then again, I like, right after I asked her for help, I looked down at her baby bump and I was like, you know what? Never mind. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, and, and she just, she laughed. She was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. I mean, and I think she knew what I was doing, but it's just that like, oh, like, I, I don't mean anything negative by it. I mean, I was just saying like, I think that, you know, I just don't want to st- – her to strain herself moving a human being around with me. You know what I mean? What, I mean a lo- oh, go ahead. A lot of what I do is moving people around and, you know, and also like, uh, sometimes people, you know, in the hospital are on, uh, precautions and we, you know, like may, but might be on contact precautions or what we call droplet precautions. You know, somebody who has the flu or something. So, you know, at the same time, like I was kind of just like, "Hey, no, I got this," because you know, it wasn't meant out of disrespect. It was just meant out of like, "Oh, I don't want anything to happen to your baby." Yeah, where's the think- line? That's what I'm saying. Like, I understand. Hey, we're we. This is a tough society we live in, right? We're trying to figure things out, but when it comes to that, as especially as a man, right? When you don't want to tell a woman what to do with her body, but then also you want to be respectful or do you often, I guess the thing is to treat if a woman is pregnant, how do you treat her? I don't know, but that's why I love Larry. He's always Larry. I was totally like that, man. When my wife, she would like be going upstairs and be like, honey, take the elevator. I'd call her at, well, what are you doing? Like it's raining outside. Don't walk outside. 
Like, I'll come pick you up. (laughs) I was just, but I was being protective in a way too. But then when, when do you overprotect? I think in Larry's case, um, you know, he's always going to be on the wrong side of things. I was glad to see that actress though. She was on, um, she was on a show on the USA network, uh, that I watched. Oh man. What was the name of that show? I know what you're talking about. I don't know the name of it. I never saw it. I'll think about it by the end of the show. I just know who she is because when I was taking classes in New York, she was one of the performers at UCB theater. She's great. The whole, this whole, the whole cast, this episode, it was great to see everybody again. It was, of course, it was great to see Jeff. And do you think that he looks like Weinstein or what? (laughs) It's uncanny. <laughs> I I didn't think about it, but then like literally if if he like he can't like he has to shave every day now for the rest of his life cuz if he grows a 5 o'clock shadow, it's like he could play him in a movie. I think it is it's pretty close and especially that he's in there in and around Hollywood and the business too. You know? Yeah. Is there anyone that you knew or have you ever been mistaken for a controversial or kind of bad person? Uh, Has this ever happened to you? Oh, definitely not to me. Okay. It has (laughs) happened to me um, when Mark McGuire – the uh, the famous uh, uh, what the famous uh, baseball slugger, remember that dude? Yeah, he uh, was. I guess he was. People thought he was into steroids or something. And oh, he uh, was definitely into steroids. Okay, I don't know about baseball. Um, people thought I looked like Mark McGuire, and I actually had a couple people think I was him. Oh. Well, that's not too bad. Yeah, I mean, not too, like, that's not like the yeah. that's not like Weinstein. You know, <laughs> it's like you're just like you want an autograph. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I look like him. I think it's the eyes. I have very squinty yeah. eyes. My eyes do not open very wide. Like sometimes people have said to me, like, "How can you even see?" I wear sunglasses all the time too. I have very sensitive eyes. That's uh, just who I am. Well, I was just going to say that I I get compared to – or somebody – I was in an acting class last summer and this teacher was like – she's like, wow, you really look a lot like Steve Buscemi. And I was like uh, – <laughs> <laughs> That's the, I was like – Oh, yeah. But, you know what I mean? I like – I don't think I – I don't think you look like Steve Buscemi. Yes. She just meant in the eyes. You have but. your eyes are a little buggy. Yeah, I do have a little buggy eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's. I actually like that. I think that that's kind of a nice feature on people. I, you know, I don't. It's weird because, like, I just, I, I think that I just look tired. But you know, my my uncle was like, "No, you got the almond eyes," you know, and I'm like, "What? I, I don't. I really don't see it." But I mean, I have seen it on other people, but no, I mean, I, first of all, I will say this being compared to Steve Buscemi is a fucking compliment. 
Yeah. Period. Great actor. Fucking love that guy. Yeah. And a handsome love the man. Guy. I think he's a handsome man. I think he's a when he was really good looking guy. Yeah. As he's oh, gotten older, he's kind of embraced the teeth and the fate, you know, like he's kind of become more character looking. But when he was younger, I think he was an attractive guy. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think, you know, I just, I love the guy from top to bottom. And, um, but that, you know what she said? She said, this teacher said, you could get a lot of character work, <laughs> but it's sort of like, it's, it's true. It, that's the part that I found that was kind of insulting. I was like, Oh, you only think like <laughs> I can get character work. You don't think I'm good enough to be, you know, a strong lead or supporting. So I don't know. It's kind of funny. I considered it, but I would say him. And then sometimes people might say, um, Matt LeBlanc, Believe it or not, hmm, I could see that. Like I could see Matt that. LeBlanc, Steve Bush- Matt LeBlanc with Steve Buscemi's eyes. But I think also but, the LeBlanc thing may be a little bit in your delivery because he's a little bit like, mm, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, he's he's a comedian. And yeah, I've I've also actually I will say this though. Some people though have uh, said to me, and it's probably more in my demeanor and how I talk. But some people have say, oh, you remind me of Louis C.K. Mm. So that is sort of – I forgot about that. Well, that is, is that sort of- while you have your dick in your hand in front of them without asking them or before? <laughs> ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> when is that, is that – I was just trying to figure that one out. Uh, speaking of pigs in a blanket – um, what do you think about about Larry following that woman around? That was kind of an awkward situation. But I have my own story of pigs in a blanket, which is that at my wedding, I only got to really – I shouldn't say I got to. I, I stayed out of the whole thing. My wife and my mother-in-law put it all together. I was very happy to do that. My wife – and it was their experience, right? But I only asked for two things that we have a jazz band play during the reception because I love jazz and that we have an abundance of pigs in a blanket because like Larry and Jeff say, it's the perfect hors d'oeuvre. Yes. There's nothing better. Maybe sometimes you get, I've, I have had actually some vegan uh, hors d'oeuvres that have been amazing. I can't remember my friend, uh, my friend Jeremy's, uh, wife made one one time and it was very delicious. I still remember it to this day. But overall, pigs in the blanket are great. And I want to tell you that they made us take our photos during the reception time and I didn't even get a pig in the blanket. Uh, oh my God, that's a tragedy. <laughs> that is a tragedy. Oh. Uh. So this, I'm going to pitch that. (laughs) This was was very close to my heart when Larry kept on trying to find, trying to, where is she? He was like obsessed with her. And I also have to say, I've worked catering before. Have you worked catering before? I have not. Okay. I've worked catering before. And I can tell you that people do this when you have a certain hors d'oeuvre, that's the hot hors d'oeuvre. Like you even joke about it. 
that people are up, become obsessed with you and so like somebody will follow you around the room you know as soon as you come out they become your buddy just for that hors d'oeuvre so i have to say for this one i call foul on the caterer here because she should have known that he was after the pigs in the blanket and not her even though he did accidentally grab her breast True. Yes. Well, she wasn't reasonable. Like, you know, no. I mean, I guess it, it's a comedy. So I'm like, sometimes I pick these shows <laughs> apart. Like, she wasn't reasonable at all. Like, but uh, yeah, I mean, and then, yeah, I think that like she should have known that like he was clearly after trying yes. to get some food from her. And, and that's all he wanted. And I will also guarantee this. I have a couple of predictions. Number one prediction Larry will end up dating her behind Cheryl's back. He'll be having an affair with Cheryl and then he'll start dating the girl who he accidentally grabbed her breast. And then this is going to get rolled into more Weinstein Jeff stuff as the season goes on. But I guarantee that because Larry always ends up getting with the women that he has these awful altercations with. Right. Huh? Yeah. I didn't, I would, I wouldn't even guess that. I think it's going to happen. Also, let's talk about what else happened at that party is that Phil shows up, the guy who created Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love this because this dude, I, I've heard him on so many podcasts talking about, we're bringing Raymond to Russia. We're bringing Raymond to <laughs> They're making fun of something. He totally spent like a year going on podcasts, TV shows. Just talking about all the different places they're bringing Raymond. They did a documentary where he goes to Russia. Like he kind of became, uh, and I think the joke is too, is that like Larry, he became like famous and became like an actor after uh, being a writer, producer for a really long period of time. So I think that they kind of kid each other about that. Because people forget, before Curb came out, nobody knew who the hell Larry was. He was the guy from Seinfeld. Yeah. Now he's the guy from Curb. It's 20 yeah. years later. Yeah. So I also think that at the end of the season, no doubt the last – because this is always happens. This is like when Larry wouldn't go to dinner with the guy, right? And he, and he moved to New York to get away from him. <laughs> he's going to end up going to Ethiopia with him. Even though this ends with the whole MAGA hat thing, I yeah. guarantee he ends up going to Ethiopia with him at the end of the season. Like if we don't see him for five, six episodes, he'll pop back up at the end. And the last thing will be like Larry in Ethiopia. It could happen. It's got to happen, man. And it's perfect too, because Leon can go with him. Ah, Right. And they could do the yeah. whole thing. Like they start this season with them just walking down the street. Like remember the other season, they were walking down the street in Paris and they're walking down the street. Yeah. They're just walking everywhere. I love it. That, it's right. funny when he was walking with Leon in this episode, like I walked that down that street, like all the time. Cause that where here, where they were walking down the street is in my neighborhood. Oh, I um, love it. And uh, I loved it when he took that selfie stick and snapped it in half. I was like, thank you. Thank you. I've always wanted to do that. That, <laughs> that whole thing was great, man. That was really awesome. What would you think about the big goodbye? You like that idea? I love that. I love I've done that, that before. Yeah. I've totally done that before. I'm more of a just, you know, I mean, I guess it's like 
you know, where like you sort of have to have a relationship with the person, but you don't want to interact with them. Normally, like, you know, for me, I'm like, you know, why don't you just not interact with them at all? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you see, you got, I, I don't, you know, man, like, I think it's, it goes with personality, right? Like you might be able to get away with that. You're a more subtle dude, right? Like me, I'm always like, Hey, how you doing everybody? Right? Like I'm a loud guy. And if I don't say somebody's going to know, I feel like they're going to know I'm ignoring them. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So I, I have totally done this before, like spied someone out of the corner of my eye and then kind of avoid them. And then as I, as you're leaving, Oh, Hey, we didn't get a chance to talk. Oh man, (laughs) it would have been great. Yeah, but I got to go. The wife and the kid, they're already in the car. Hey, hey, next time, why don't you text me? Oh, you don't have my number? I'll, my wife will give it to you. <laughs> like, I'll see you later. Um, I like that. And I like the way that he picked up on it, too. And I have to say, I really love the way this episode, Cheryl was calling Larry on his shit and kind of making fun of him. And they would like end up, he would say something stupid, that, but they'd end up laughing instead of fighting. Yeah. And I like the way Phil called him on his shit. And I especially, my new hero, Mocha Joe. <laughs> I'm sorry. I yeah. know he's Larry's nemesis, but I'm not boycotting Mocha Joe. I, I'm like Richard Lewis. I'm only going to boycott Mocha Joe if Larry's with me. Yeah, but, you know, Richard Lewis was like, I'm boycotting. He didn't say <laughs> with you, he left that part out. I know it's kind of a technicality, but I understand, you know, I, you know, and I know it's, I know it's Larry David, but I mean, come on, like Richard Lewis, Larry David are not getting coffee at a place called Mocha Joe's. They're going there. There are, there are slightly better places, but, uh, yeah, I thought that was hilarious. But he's like, what are you doing? (laughs) He saw Richard Lewis. He's like, what are you doing? Tell your boycott. But I, I, I agree because look, say we went to a climate change, a, like a climate change protest, right? We went together. We we're like, you know, protesting. We want to save the environment. And then we went home and I like used a plastic bottle of water. You know what I'm Uh-oh. saying? I still am kind of pro like, how long does the protest last? How does it like if he is boycotting Mocha Joe, it's kind of like it's in solidarity with Larry when he's there. But when Larry's not around, you know, it's not you can't take over his whole life. He can, he has to have some freedom. So I kind yeah. of even though I felt that this was weird and it's like one of those weird curb technicality things, I still kind of agreed with Richard. I, I still felt yeah. like he was in the right. And also, overall, I liked Mocha Joe's personality and the way he didn't take Larry's shit. Because yeah. I am all about, I always think that curb works better when a person acts surprised, angry, annoyed at Larry. It doesn't mm-hmm. work as well as when someone fights back against him and it becomes a thing. You know what I mean? Because yeah. when the person acts surprised or angry too much, like besides getting grabbed by the boob, that that's okay. I mean, like in something he says, then it just like, it kind of deflates the premise, like an improv, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of saying no instead of yes. Yeah. 
So I, I dig that, man. But I liked Mocha Joe. And I wonder how far this thing of Larry opening a business next door to him is going to go. I was just going to say, what do you, th- you think it's going to take off? I do. I, I can... I can see the next episode. He's like, hey, how you doing? Like, I don't know. I mean, it could. Uh, I, I, okay, next next episode, Cheryl's going to come in to the store and he's going to be there and he's going to be serving coffee. It's going to be going great. And then something's going to happen. But what's going to happen? Uh, well, the question is, though. What's going to happen? May, will he have a MAGA hat on? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Is he going to have like a MAGA hat coffee shop or something like that, right? Yeah. Will Larry go that? I don't know, man. This show does such a great job of inserting the kind of political stuff into it and just being – that's what it is and being funny about it because come on. It's true. Regardless of whether or not someone is a Trump supporter, not a Trump supporter, those hats are like a a big red freaking like microphone or you know what I'm saying? Like shouting at somebody. And I thought that the way it was used and especially there they are in Hollywood. um, I thought it was really funny, man. That was great stuff. And it's true, too. If you sat down next to if you were walking down that same street and Larry came walking down the street with the MAGA hat on, would you first think it was Larry or would you be like, what the hell is he wearing a MAGA hat for? Yeah, you don't see many of those. I have never seen I've never seen one in LA. Never. Yeah. There you go, buddy. And I live in Portland, so I don't see many of them either, my friend. Actually, there was one person um and this is like just a crazy person. They just had all these political signs on their lawn and and I drove by it and as I'm driving by, I had the window down. It was summer and I was like, "What the fuck? Like this is crazy town." And I hear someone else saying the same thing, driving too. And uh, they had t- all, taken it all down within like a week or so. It was just like, uh, because people were probably yelling back at them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you can't, I think that there's certain areas where you can get away. Like, you know, if you're in New York, people will just start yelling at you on the street about anything, let alone yeah. you're wearing a MAGA hat. All right. Well, we're coming to the end here, Sean. I think we've talked about most of the jokes. I'm liking this new format. You liking it? Yes, very much. I like it. We're having a lot more fun, man. I think that this is a show to inspire you to have your own stories. But before we do end, I want to ask, in reference to the plot here, how did you feel about Larry getting back with Cheryl? I like it. I like it a lot. I think, uh, you know... I think Larry and Cheryl are just a nice match. Yeah. I don't know. Cheryl and Ted Danson. Not not so much. <laughs> no. Not so much. I he had a great point and he goes, he goes, What what kind of friend dates what kind of guy dates his friend's ex wife? You know? It's true. Dude, it's totally true. Listen, it's totally true. Even if it works out better or whatever, there's always that stigma. You know, it'll never go away, man. It'll never go away. And I'm sure that's for men or women. It's the same kind of thing. You know, you always just kind of don't, don't trust him. You know, he's willing to go there. (laughs) Tells you something about him. Tells you something about him. Like he just doesn't care. (laughs) Yeah, And this Ted Danson too, the way he wouldn't even kiss her. Come on, Ted Danson. Oh, I know. I know. Damn. No, you have a cold. 
Oh, gosh. All right. Well, I think we've reached the end of the show. This was a good time for me. I laughed, Sean. I'm really excited to be covering this with you. We're going to have a good season. And uh, you know what? After what this fetus has been through, this will be a day at the beach. That's all I have to say. (laughs) It will. Peace out, everybody. All right. Bye-bye.